Psalm 21. I want one focus for this psalm today and one focus alone, and that is exalting and glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. We can consider each verse of this psalm, and we want to follow and consider only Jesus Christ in this psalm. We could chase other rabbits. We could talk about David. We could talk about its application to us practically. But we want, and I want, to exclusively focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, there are spiritual and practical applications and lessons that we can get here. But I will purposely neglect those things to concentrate on Jesus Christ his beauty, his glory, and his honor this morning in the house of God. This psalm is a prophecy, much like Psalm 22 is a prophecy. So when we read it, we know that it was written before and it's already happened. So we should consider that it is already fulfilled as we read it. Think like John. Here's what John said. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me which said, come up hither, and I will show thee these things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. We know who's sitting on that throne today. So read along with me in Psalm 21, thinking of the King, the Lord Jesus Christ, sitting on his throne. Psalm 21. The king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, and in thy salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. Thou hast given him his heart's desire, and hast not holden, withholden the request of his lips, Selah. For thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. Thou settest a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked life of thee, and thou gavest it him, even length of days, forever and ever. His glory is great in thy salvation. Honor and majesty hast thou laid upon him. For thou hast made him most blessed forever. Thou hast made him exceeding glad with thy countenance. For the king trusteth in the Lord, and through the mercy of the Most High he shall not be moved. Thine hand shall find out all thine enemies, thy right hand shall find out those that hate thee. Thou shalt make them as a fiery oven in the time of thine anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and the fire shall devour them. Their fruit shalt thou destroy from the earth, and their seed from among the children of men. For they intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous device, which they are not able to perform. Therefore shalt thou make them turn their back when thou shalt make ready thine arrows upon thy strings against the face of them. Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength. So will we sing and praise thy power. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Verse 1. This is the Psalm of David. That's the only thing I'm going to say about David. He's dead. The Lord Jesus Christ liveth forever. Verse 1, the king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, and in thy salvation how greatly shall he rejoice. The king, Jesus Christ is the triumphant king of Psalm 21. What was Jesus always doing? What was he always about? Glorifying his father, Jehovah, the Lord. That was his job. His joy was in Jehovah's strength. 
The first and best purpose of Jesus was saving his elect, and he set his face to do that like he set flint. The first and best purpose, that was his, his only desire. That mission is accomplished from the viewpoint of this psalm, which was written before it was actually accomplished, but it is now accomplished today. As a king may rejoice in his victory, Jesus rejoices in this quintessential victory over death, hell, and the grave to save his people. Verse 2, we're going to fly through this. Every verse is filled with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hang on. Verse 2, thou shalt give him his, desire, his heart's desire and hast not withholden the request of his lips. Jehovah gave Jesus the victory. He gave it to him. He made it happen. The victory, which was saving his people from their sin, was Jesus' single desire. That's what he prayed for. His whole being was motivated and animated to accomplish this task that his father set before him. So he prayed in, Luke, in John 17, Neither pray I for these alone, but for, those, for them also which shall believe on me through their word. The Lord Jesus Christ prayed for every single one of his elect. It was his purpose. That was what God sent him to do, and he accomplished it fully. Verse 3, <clears throat> For thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. Thou settest a crown of pure gold on his head. Preventest here means preceded or to go before, unlike we use it today. See, the blessings of goodness came before Jesus ever came. God poured out his mercy before Jesus came. But when Jesus was on the earth and walked on the earth, blessings and goodness followed him everywhere he went also. And now, as he's seated, crowned with glory and honor at the right hand of God, how much more are his blessings poured out? And it starts with the blessing and gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 4, he asked life of thee, and thou gavest it him, even length of days, forever and ever. Only Jesus, only Jesus, not the writer of this psalm, has length of days forever and ever, because he lives. Because he lives, we can also live by him and through him and only for him. Jesus ever liveth to make intercession for his brethren. That was the end goal. After he saved us, he sat down at the right hand of God and makes intercession for us. And our prayers go up before the throne through the Holy Ghost. And Jesus is our advocate with the Father. Praise God. Verse 5. His glory is great in thy salvation. Honor and majesty hast thou laid upon him. Is Jesus now glorious? Amen. He's glorious. He was despised and rejected. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. But here's who he is now from Revelation 1. John said, And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. His feet were like undefined brass, as if it burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. The Lord is glorious. His glory is great. His honor and majesty has been laid upon him by his Father. Verse 6, for thou hast made him most blessed forever. Thou hast made him exceeding glad with thy countenance. Remember that Jesus is a man as well as God. God doesn't need to be blessed. He's complete without anyone else. But Jesus is made most blessed by his Father. Jesus, the man, is made most blessed. And who can argue that he is the most blessed man ever? 
Jesus is glad because he is doing his father's will and his father's countenance approves of him. If you have a father, most of you do, and if your father looks on you with a countenance that's approving of you, it makes your heart glad. Jesus is the most glad man that's ever been born of women. Verse 7, For the king trusteth in the Lord, and through the mercy of the Most High, he shall not be moved. Jesus trusted in his father and was fully protected until his hour came. He committed his cause to Jehovah as well as his spirit into his hands when he died on the cross. The confidence that Christ had in his father gives us the understanding and gives the ultimate glory to God, his father, which he always did. He always gave glory to his father. Jesus was never moved because he was secure in his father. Even when he asked to have the cup removed, he was still secure and and able to stand the, the wrath that was about to be poured out upon him. Earthly kingdoms fall, but Jesus' kingdom lasts forever. Verse 8, thine hand shall find out all thine enemies. Thy right hand shall find out those that hate thee. Justice and righteousness are primary characteristics of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory in an all-knowing and wise king who finds out his enemies. We don't have a president who knows where all our enemies are. It took them eight years to find Osama bin Laden. This king knows exactly where all his enemies are at all times and rules over them. None can hide from his eyes. Uh, None can hide from the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Power and authority are in Jesus Christ like no other has ever been seen before. No wonder the Lord gloried in the power and authority of Nebuchadnezzar, but this king has so much more power than that. There is a greater than Solomon here today in wisdom, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. Thou shalt make them as fire as a fiery oven in the time of thine anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and the fire shall devour them. Jesus' enemies will burn. His hot wrath is like a blast furnace heated seven times. His righteous anger will consume and devour his enemies. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hand of the living God. Verse 10, their fruit shall destroy from the Their fruit shalt thou destroy from the earth, and their seed from among the children of men. Jesus will not let any of the evil fruit of the wicked stand. None of their fruit. All of his enemies' lifelong toil and labor will be a failure and disappoint them. They will never be fruitful. Even their children will be destroyed so that they can no longer take pleasure in them. He is angry with the wicked every day. He hates them with a perfect hatred. Glory in this Lord, this King of glory, Jesus Christ. Verse 11, for they intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous device, which they are not able to perform. Consider the wicked Jews in Jerusalem in 70 AD. I mean, if you don't think that that's what these verses are speaking about, you're not thinking very clearly because Jesus Christ destroyed them thoroughly. Though he thought, though they thought that, that they would destroy him with malice, they were utterly destroyed. It's a great reversal of fortune. They were in power. They thought they crucified and killed Jesus Christ. He rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, and he destroyed those wicked with their own scheming and own words coming back on their heads. He miserably destroyed those wicked servants, just like he predicted he would in his parable to them. Their destruction was so severe that it has not been, it never was seen before that and has not been seen since then and will not until the end of the world. 
glory in this King, our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 12, Therefore shalt thou make them turn their back, when thou shalt make ready thine arrows upon thy strings against the face of them. Though his enemies advanced against him boldly, his strength turned them back. He took aim with his arrows, and they began to flee, but it was in vain. Consider again Jerusalem and the sure destruction of those impudent souls. They had proud faces. They smote him in the face, but he turned, drew his bow, and they began and turned the back. They turned and started to run. They couldn't get away. The enemies of Jesus will boast no longer when his arrows take flight, because every arrow is true. Verse 13, the culmination of all of this. Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength. So will we sing and praise thy power. What a wonderful conclusion to this psalm. The Lord Jesus Christ, let our hearts rejoice in adoration and praise of Jesus' strength and power. Let our lips exalt his Father and sing of his glorious Son's victory. In fact, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.